This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. All right, we made it into the second round this Saturday night. Welcome back into Tapped Out here on the BetQL Network. Get out your crystal balls wherever you're listening. And let's UFC into the future because even though guys were just coming off a Great pay-per-view, in my opinion. The one that everybody's going to be talking about was that Hamzad and Gilbert Burns fight, in my opinion, probably ends up in the Hall of Fame one day. We're a month away now, or a little bit less from the next pay-per-view. At the top of that one, Justin Gaethje taking on Bronx Charles Oliveira. Now, this one's nuts when it comes to the money because Oliveira, obviously, he's on a winning streak. He's had the belt. He's retained it for a while. He's the favorite BT at minus 160, but... You're telling me I can get plus 140 on Justin Gaethje against anybody, including a gorilla. I'm going to take Justin Gaethje. So I'm telling you now, even though we're weeks away from that fight happening, if it's still plus money on Gaethje, this has nothing to do with Oliveira. I think he's great. I think he's proven to everybody that he's great. This has everything to do with Justin Gaethje. And to me, the only guy that he can't beat, it's proven, is Khabib. And nobody can beat Khabib. If it stays around plus 140, I'm all over this one. Man, I don't know, though. Like, I feel like Charles Oliveira, he's just been so impressed. Like, I feel like we keep doing this with Charles Oliveira every single time. I know I was guilty of him before the Poirier fight. And I, I'm just like, well, what, at what point does this guy, like, what does he have to do for us to say, hey, maybe this guy is going to go on as dominant a run? I mean, he's just been in the UFC for so long. We've seen all of the career. I, you got to you gotta roll with him. He's one of the most dangerous guys in the sport right now. And as great as Gaethje is, um, we have seen him lose before and, and he, especially in the slug fest where it goes back and forth, you know, if a guy, I think, I think Oliver is underrated in situations like that. Yeah. He can hit you with the leg kicks and try and break you down and things like that. But not only that, we've seen with the grappling game, like it wasn't exactly up to snuff against Khabib. And I think that Olivera has shown an ability to go finish fights in many different ways. You know, he can basically pull a submission out of anywhere he wants to. I don't know, man. I I feel like I feel like Oliveira is almost it's almost a, a champion who maybe should be even more heavily favored going into this one. My guy said Gaethje's grappling wasn't up to snuff against Khabib. Nobody's grappling is up to snuff against the great Khabib. I just think that with Charles Oliveira, he has proven how great he is, and they're having doubters a lot along the way. But I feel like he meets his match when it comes to Justin Gaethje. Heck, I mean, if Oliveira wins this fight, and if he wins it the way it sounds like you think he's going to, which is pretty dominating fashion, 
Then we're going to start talking about where he ranks all time when it comes to lightweights. Like, that's when we start talking about that conversation if he wins this fight. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, Makachev is also, you know, knocking on the door as well. I think that's going to be a really, you really are, yeah. tough, uh, tough test for him, too. Like, I'm not... I'm not ready to say that Charles Oliver is going to go on like an Usman type run or anything like that quite yet, but I do feel like uh, we're having the same conversation with him because, and I, you know, I don't know what the theory of it is. I think that maybe it's the fact that he won his championship as a vacant champion. He didn't win it against, you know, the, the reigning champion. Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know, but you go and you beat Dustin Poirier the way that he did in my mind, Dustin Poirier was the best lightweight on the planet. Uh, better than Justin Gaethje, a guy that he's beaten. And I feel like uh, he has shown that he is the man. He is the uh, the, the deserving reigning champion. And I don't know. I, I, I get you. Gaethje is – it's tasty to get Gaethje. It's tasty Gaethje. You know, you, tasty Gaethje. you get tasty Gaethje at plus money. But, I, uh, you know, Oliveira, man. I mean, come on. He's been a buzzsaw. It, I, I think, I think it, the one thing you got right there is because of the way that he won the belt, it was post-Khabib era. That that's why he doesn't get the respect because – Technically, it was vacant at the time. And also, I don't. I haven't met a person. Maybe you're the guy that thinks if, for whatever reason, Khabib said, "To hell with this! I'm coming back. I'm gonna put my undefeated streak on the line." Everybody's talking about this guy Oliveira. I don't think Oliveira would have a chance against. Like Oliveira is great. He ain't Khabib. Oh, no, man. I are mean, you like, serious? I, what do you What do you mean? Am I serious? Like, bro? Yeah. Especially, 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 especially getting a Khabib who's coming out of retirement. I'm not getting in prime Khabib. Maybe if he was, yeah, the guy I saw beat Justin Gaethje, the big crime of it was he looked like he was getting better and better. I've seen Khabib recently at, at these Eagle FC things. Dude's eating well, all right? He doesn't look like a lightweight anymore. I'm not saying he's fat, but he's living his life. And so now you're telling me he's got to come back, suck himself down to 155 where he never likes getting to anyway, and then he's going to take on a killer like Charles Oliveira off the bench? I don't know, man. I, well, they're not I, fighting I, tomorrow, dog. We give them both full training camps. And essentially what you'd be saying if you think that there's a chance Charles Oliver to win that fight is, because I saw Khabib take on a guy called Conor McGregor, Dustin mm -hmm. Poirier, Justin yep. Gaethje. You're telling me that where Oliver is right now is better than where all those other guys were when they fought Khabib? I think that if you were to, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like, dude, like, what, what, like how much, how much, what is the guy got to do to get his respect? What else? <laughs> Oh my goodness. For a guy like, that talks as much crap as you do on Jose Aldo, give this kind of love to Charles Oliver. It's just backwards. It's just backwards. All right. He's never so been knocked out in 13 seconds. God, it's weird. <laughs> uh, how about the co main of this one? The ladies step back into the octagon. You want to talk about a clash of nicknames? Thug takes on the Cookie Monster. So you're going to have Carla Esparza coming in at a plus 150, taking on Thug Rose at minus 170. To me, Thug Rose has proven that she's the one that should be a bigger favorite. Like I like Esparza, and I like the room that she's been on, but I don't, I don't understand why she's only a plus one fifty. Like if I'm not getting three to one, and if I can only pay minus one seventy for Thug, I'm all over that one. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. I feel like I feel like for for Rose, she should probably be heavily favored too. Um, you know, does this go back to though the idea like you know how long ago was it when she took on it was a. Uh, Rose, her win against Rose was back in 2014. That was a long so, like, time ago. A long I mean, time ago. It is a long time ago. But, it, I mean, it's it, who cares? It can't be nothing, right? Like, it, like, what is the line when you beat somebody? It can't be. Like, look, Dustin Poirier beat Max Holloway years ago when you, Max Holloway was a child. 
Then he beat him again years later. Like, I do think there's something to, I got well, one Korean up Korean Zombie also beat Dustin Poirier, I mean, 10 years ago. And you saw the zombie yeah. last week. So, come on. I mean, yeah, but, but Featherweight Dustin, like, there's a different beast. Between. Featherweight Dustin Poirier and Lightweight Dustin Poirier were two different animals. Fair enough. I just think that Carlos Barza, if I'm going to pay for it to beat Thug but Rose. But I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going to have to get bigger money than that. I think that I think that Thug Rose has been at the top. You know, she's 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 definitely shown herself. You know, outside of getting spiked on her head out of nowhere, like right. she's been she's been you know that 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 reigning champ has been fantastic. I think that yeah, I would I would definitely think that if I am getting that kind of uh, respect on the champion, I don't know, man. I think that Carla Sparza though, she's probably got to be looking at that. She goes, I got the I got the blueprint. I got the blueprint. Yeah, well, you just said it though. You talked about getting slammed on her head by Andrade. I mean, what happened the second time around? Thug Rose yep. took care of her, so it makes me think that second time around against Esparza, the Thug does the same. All right, it's just as mentally about... tough as it gets, I think for for these people, oh, you know, you know, I guess no question about it. I mean, as mentally tough as a human being can come. Uh, what about Tony versus Chandler? Now, this is the one that I think a lot of people are going to have their eyes on because there's no way this fight sucks. Like, remember whenever it was when we saw Chandler versus Gaethje and that was announced and it was like, oh, this fight's going to be a banger. And it absolutely was. It kind of feels the same way. The difference is you have to pay for Michael Chandler. I mean, right now he's like minus 330. Tony's plus 300. That to me, you're talking about, I understand Tony Ferguson's lost his last three fights. Look at who he's lost those last three fights to. Like, I'm not ready to say he's done just yet. And if I can get that kind of money on him, I'm all over El Kikui. The thing about it, though, is, and I love Tony Ferguson, it's not just that he lost to great guys. There's no shame in that. But it's very much like Tyron Woodley. He hasn't yeah, he even looked. He, he got dusted, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. he hasn't even competed in a round of these fights. And yeah. I don't get it. I don't know what it was. Like, he did the double weight cuts against Gaethje and – yeah, he just hasn't been the same since that Gaethje fight, dude. I don't know if Gaethje just beat the snot out of him, and he just, you know, he is older. I mean, you know, people may not realize, like, Tony Ferguson's up there in age. What is he? He's 38, you know? So, not a young dude. He's been around. He's been in some wars. I mean, that's just how he fights. So, maybe that's all just catching up with him. The thing that is interesting, though, is, he, uh, you know, he's not really going to be in there with somebody who's looking to grapple, which I do think that with Oliveira, Oliveira was taking him down a lot. He was really going to that. He wasn't going to let Tony Ferguson get with his crazy strikes, his crazy elbows. Benil Dar used the same thing. Like, Gaethje kind of outslugged him. Those guys went a much safer route to go beat Tony Ferguson. And I do think that for me, uh, Gaethje is going to just, I mean, uh, Michael Chandler just brings the fire. That's how he, that's how he fights. That's why everybody loves him. And so that always does bring an element of, okay, well, what will Tony Ferguson look like uh, if he's, if he doesn't have to worry about it, if it's just a stand and bang type of matchup. You know, I, I think that that's that's that still leaves the door open. But I, I, I get why Michael Chandler is a heavy favorite because Tony Ferguson hasn't been competitive in three fights. It's not what just that he he's loses? lost three fights. What if he loses? You think that's it? I mean, I, I, the, the promotion loves this guy. They love guys like Tony Ferguson. Dana's always had a good relationship with him. That's four straight losses, but it's literally, to you could argue, the four top guys in the division. But if he gets his ass kicked again, it's going to be tough to sell a Tony Ferguson fight. I mean, maybe at that point you're talking about jerk the curtain on the undercard and that doesn't feel like tony ferguson to me well it's just yeah and his identity has always been you know he is the scariest guy to take on the division he gets better as the fight goes on you know his cardio is crazy he trains like a wild man you know he builds these contraptions to trade up. like and so if you're the guy who can't even get around against people like because 
I wouldn't say Tony Ferguson is the most technical fighter ever. Yeah, he's got some really unorthodox ways to go beat you with the elbows and the crazy submissions. But part of what makes him great, and some of these guys have this element to him, is they can take a beating and violence worse than anybody else. But I do think that there's a run on that. Robbie Lawler was like this. Robbie Lawler was like, he's going to out-tough you. And eventually, that catches up with you. And I just think for Tony... I think we're probably seeing a little bit of that. Like that last, that, that Gaethje fight, I think was like maybe almost like his last stand of, I could take a beating better than anybody. We're looking into the future here. UFC into the future here on tapped out on the bet QL network with Jake Galley and Brendan Tobin guys, binoculars out. I'm Sean yeah. Levine. So not part of uh, the main of, of the uh, pay-per-view, but coming up in May, Robert Whitaker stepped back into the octagon, part of fight night, taking on Marvin Vittori. So Vittori's an interesting one because we saw him fight for the belt within the last year. You could say the same thing about Robert Whitaker. Didn't work out great for either one of those guys. Whitaker's a big favorite in this one, man. Minus 260. You get paid if you want Marvin Vittori more than 2-1 to one right now. It's looking like plus 210 money on Marvin Vittori. I just think that maybe Robert Whitaker is a bad matchup. We know that's what this sport comes down to. It's not how many of the guys in the division can you beat. It's can you beat the guy that you're matched up against. And I just don't think Vittori can beat Robert Whitaker. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I, I, I do think that for me, I, I just think Whitaker is just a cut above him right now. I know that he's not at Adesanya's level. It's kind of like a Colby Covington type of deal where – I just think that we clearly know who the second best middleweight is. I think that he is better than Marvin Vittori. So I get where the odds are with that. You know, maybe Vittori can make it a very, very boring fight and and uh, try and hold him down or something like that. But, you know, I think that Robert Whitaker is a little too fast, a little too slick for something like that to get caught up in that type of game. And, uh, you know, I, I think if you're getting into a striking element, you know, we've seen that Vittori is not quite up to snuff when it comes to that. Speaking of striking, Yuri Prohaska is going to step back into the octagon, taking on Glover Teixeira. Now, he's trying to take his belt also, and you want to talk about a great story. I mean, this feels very Michael Bisping-ish from maybe six, seven, eight, nine years ago, where everybody basically thought the guy was done. And then even the fact that he got a title opportunity was crazy. And then he won the fight. I don't think he's got any chance against Yuri Prohaska. Like, you want to talk about guys that for some reason, yeah, he gets a little bit of push from the promotion, but probably not enough. I think pound for pound, Yuri Prohaska in the next couple of years is going to find himself in the top 10. Yeah, I mean, he does look like a star in the making. It really, like, some of the knockouts that he's able to pull out are really, really impressive. He's already beaten two really, really impressive guys in his UFC career, Volkan Uzdemir, who was a perennial contender, Dominic Reyes, I mean, was, you know, in a lot of people's minds, he beat John Jones. If he did, if wasn't that, it was razor thin, losing to John Jones. And he dosted him. I mean, like, but with a with a scary spinning back elbow, he does weird stuff there in the octagon. Um, you know, Glover is, though, I mean, I think the, the one thing that you could say what's different about those guys as compared to this, like, look, Glover's had his downs. He's come all the way back and won the championship. So there's definitely an experience level that he's jumping up to here. And so you're wondering, can he teach the young fella something that he hasn't been through yet? You know, can he do almost a little bit like it's funny, like we, we talk about like Hamzat has this rocket to his back. But Yuri, I mean, like he's done it like he's done two UFC fights. Boom, here, fighting for the belt. So he's essentially done what everybody's dying for Hamzat to do. And so you're wondering, OK, can Glover be almost his Gilbert Burns? Can he like, hey, 
can he give him a little bit? I think he is. I think he, I still think I, that Prashka would win, but damn, I feel like I feel like Glover Teixeira is going to give some fight. I don't think he's going to get dusted. We're getting stuck in our bubble sometimes here, right? You and me and Jake, and we're texting about fighting and we're watching the fights, and we're staying up till two in the morning, which is absolutely insane. Maybe we're stuck because is is Hamzad not like the dude? Like, why is Jerry Prashka maybe not getting the same push? It feels like very similar kind of paths. I think that there's something about Hamzad having those fights on Fight Island that just stuck with people. Like For I think sure. that, that I think that was just something where people were just like, "Oh man, this guy won this many fights in ten days," and it was the pandemic. There were no sports going on, so and I he think got that the Dana had, seal of approval. The way that Dana yes. talked about him right away. Yeah, I don't feel like Yuri gets that kind of push, and I feel like his fight style is so fun. Speaking of fighting, coming up in a little bit, everybody's favorite segment: Are you gonna fight me? Coming up next, we'll give you our best bets for tonight. We'll take care of some call-outs. And don't forget, in the last segment, Ben Davis is going to join us. A lot to talk about here. You're